Hey everybody, it's Summer here from Superior Therapy, and I'm doing a solo episode today. And with me I've got Aaron Custer, which is the designer and maker of Cool Speed Horse Feed. And so we're just kind of going to do a, just kind of, I don't know, a general conversation about feeding practices in general, because I feel like that's one of the things that we stress a lot to our owners is without the proper nutrition, like healing starts from the inside out. And so if you don't have the correct nutrition for your horse, healing an injury and preventing an injury, adding muscle, all of that stuff is going to be really, really hard to achieve what you're wanting to achieve. So I'm going to turn you over to Aaron and we're going to kind of just go through some horse nutrition stuff. Hi everybody. This is Aaron Custer, Man's Flag Center. Uh, Summer asked me to talk a little bit about kind of some general nutrition and, and some basics. So what I want to start with is uh, basically the forges. Uh, they are you know, two-thirds at least of what our horses eat. And uh, because of that, they play a huge role in uh, what type of feed we need to, to be choosing. So with that being said, uh, you know, there's a multitude of forages available from standing grass to uh, Bermuda grass hay, uh, prairie grass hay, alfalfas, alfalfa and grass mixes. So... <clears throat> Really, what uh, what my favorite is, quite frankly, in, in this part of the country, in, in uh, Oklahoma, would be you know a good grass hay. Uh, I like Bermuda personally, uh, mainly because it it's a good mid range protein, uh, typically a pretty decently developed. I mean, excuse me, uh, pretty decently uh, digestible energy type hay. So, uh, with that being said, uh, prairie grass hay, not bad hay, but typically it's uh, not very nutrient dense, uh, very very safe. So when you talk about, oh sorry, when you talk about prairie grass or native grass, like that was one thing. Whenever I moved to Guthrie, I was like, I have no idea what native grass is, and everybody keeps talking about it. Because, like, where I'm originally from down in Anadarko, it's all Bermuda or alfalfa. So, like, what, mm-hmm. what do you consider a prairie grass or a native grass? Well, it'd be a na- native grass meadows, uh, like blue stem, Indian grass, uh, switchgrass, those ty- types of grasses. And uh, like any other type of hay, depending on how they cut it, it can vary greatly in, in uh, digestibility, protein content and quite frankly, sugar content. Uh, you know, cut right, uh, prairie grass hay is, is, a, is a really good hay. But uh, most generally, and I'm not talking about anybody's hay, but most generally, it's uh, going to run somewhere around 4 to 5% protein uh, and, a, and a kind of a lower TDN, you know, I'm going to say TDN's in the 40s. Something like that. So, and, and so, what is TDN? That is total digestible nutrients. Okay. So, with that being said, uh, I'm I hate to ping on anybody's hay, but that I'm just kind of telling you the the, the differences. So, uh, and. 
Bermuda grass hay, you know, it can range from from seven to twelve percent protein, depending on how it's it's cut, and uh, it can look really good and still not test really high protein. So I would recommend uh, anybody if they're if they're buying hay to ask for a for a uh, hay analysis, and uh, uh, it costs about twenty five bucks to get get hay tested. Uh, not very high compared to what uh, you're going to have to spend on feed to balance for it if it's not, you know, up to snuff. So, um, you know, alfalfa, great product. Love it. And in our country, it's expensive. And uh, depending on the quality of alfalfa, it can vary greatly in, in energy uh, concentration and protein. So, um, I and like alfalfa as a product there again, but sometimes it's a little bit hard to manage unless you're, you know, know what the analysis is. Well, and also too, with alfalfa, you know, being, being in Oklahoma, another thing to think about is, is blister beetles as well, because I feel like a lot of people know about them. Some people don't. Um, I was unfortunate enough to lose a horse to blister beetles. Um, I, I had two to get it, and oddly enough, the one that survived was my 20-something-year-old retired horse, and the one that didn't was a barrel horse that I hauled every weekend, and I'm sure there was an immune system factor in on that, but, um, you know, that was kind of one of the things that, that was a very awakening, Go, going through that was a very awakening thing for me as a horse owner. Yes, uh Good point. Uh, you know, there there are producers of alfalfa in Oklahoma that do an extremely good job of controlling beetles, and, you know, uh, their hay is fine. But uh, I just I just hesitate to recommend Oklahoma alfalfa uh, just because of that. It, it only takes one beetle uh, to cause havoc uh, in that, that horse's system. So... And it's a it's a ugly ugly death. Yes, it's, it is. It's not cool at all. So, anyway, um, love alfalfa for a product. Just know know the uh, ins and outs when when you feed it. That's all. So, with that being said, uh, there again, forages are at least two thirds, if not three quarter, of what your horses eat. So, pay a lot of attention to the quality. Uh, of your forage uh, and always buy the better forage it's even if it costs more money it's cheaper to feed because you don't have to feed as much feed uh, when you're feeding good hay to keep a good body condition on a horse it, it uh, it's 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 all about the numbers so uh, and so with that being said uh, transition a little bit into uh, feed and feed management um, horses are forage-based animals, just the way God made them. So us humans, in all of our infinite wisdom, uh, trying to enhance performance, you know, give them more ability, not ability, but, but enhancing their ability as much as possible, uh, maximizing genetics. Uh, sometimes, not sometimes, we, we have created a lot of the issues that, that we have in horses in uh, the digestive tract these days. So with that being said, uh, I'm in the feed business, so I can 
look in a mirror and, and preach about feet all day long. So uh, this is why my philosophy on feed is, number one, choose a feed that balances your forage, period. Protein and energy. Then, I mean, any good reputable feed is going to meet the requirements for uh, vitamins, minerals, trace minerals. Uh, now, there are differences in, in uh, suppliers and uh, the quality of, of the vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals, but uh, I'm going to say 99% of the, the good quality reputable feeds on the market uh, will meet, meet those requirements as far as the minerals go. So, um, so does that everybody mean, has their own opinion. So. so does that mean you don't have to put a loose mineral out if you're feeding a balanced feed? Well, what what I recommend is, and and there again, I I I'm not going to talk about anybody else's feed except mine because I know what's in it. But what I really recommend is uh, put a little bit of mineral out uh, that has salt in it. And quite frankly, if your horse needs mineral, they will eat some of it. If if they don't, then uh, they're not going to eat hardly any of that mineral, other than maybe just for a little bit of salt. But uh, I think keeping a salt block out, you know, free choice to a horse is a good management practice, regardless of whether you're keeping mineral out with it. But um, and we recommend like know, I, I tend to do a little more of the loose salt because, like, one of the things that I had read and studied too was horses' tongues were not necessarily designed to constantly lick a salt lick, so they may not actually get exactly what they need because their tongue gets sore. And, yeah, well, that's a good point. And, yeah. and so, you so. know, like, that's one thing that we kind of encourage people to do. It's like, okay, if you if you think you need some salt, we would prefer to do the loose salt, even though it costs a little bit more, because then you know they're getting, mm-hmm. they have the opportunity to get whatever it is that they need from it. Right. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't argue that point at all. I think that's a, that's, uh, a good idea. But uh, most minerals that you get a loose mineral are going to be, you're going to have a, a lot of salt in them and it's a loose salt so uh but there again uh, if your horse is craving mineral uh they'll go to a to a loose mineral and eat some if they're not they won't they will basically eat to a requirement okay so uh with that being said um mineral supplementation once you meet a requirement more doesn't do you any good okay so uh there again, go back to the previous statement, horses will eat to a requirement. If they're not getting enough uh, mineral out of the hay and feed that you're feeding, they will consume a loose mineral. Uh, if they are, uh, they won't touch it. It'll just sit in the bottom of the trough or you know, in your tub, whatever you put it in. So, um, But um, getting past that, uh, Going back to my statement, that you know, horses are a forage-based animal. So, you know, back in I'm going to say 20 years ago plus, uh, you know, corn oats, uh, protein supplement, vitamins and minerals. That's that was kind of a horse feed. That was just the the gold standard. That's what pretty much everybody fed. There were some subtle differences, but but that was kind of the uh, just the go-to for horse feeds. And uh, consequently, uh, real starchy. Uh, starch is technically a sugar, and when you do that, you, you 
acidity issues in these horses, which in turn uh, exacerbates the the ulcer issues uh, and everything that goes with that. So um, I recommend a uh, a feed that is a higher fiber feed, uh, highly digestible feed, and uh, that that is completely balanced for all your vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals. Uh, you know, protein content goes back to what kind of hay you're feeding. And there's one point I want to make right here. <clears throat> Percentage protein in a feed or a supplement only tells you the concentration. That is only an indication of concentration. How many pounds you feed of that is is where you get intake protein and that's what matters you know pounds or grams of protein per head per day uh that you get out of your feed or supplement along with the hay that that's what meets a requirement percentages don't meet a requirement it's it's pounds or grams of protein per day that meets a requirement so i mean I, i've talked to many 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 people about percentages of protein in the feed and what they should feed and whatnot but uh, i just i just want everybody to know don't get hung up on percentages it's pounds of nutrients per day not percentages that feed your horse so um well, and, give you a, just go ahead and, and to add a question to that you know there's some people that feed does it make a difference if you're somebody who feeds once a day or somebody that feeds twice a day or some of your racehorse people that feed three times a day, does that make a difference um, on how that protein is, how the poundage is utilized? It's better broken up simply because, to go back to what I said about a horse being a forage-based animal, you know, the good Lord made those horses to eat small meals all day long, you know, grazing animals. So the, the more you can break up your feeding times, three times versus two, or two times versus one, the more uh, or the better the utilization uh, of every, all of your feedstuffs, all of your, your nutrients, primarily protein and energy, mainly because if, if, if you've got a horse just with free choice hay, then you're always leaving the house really early and you don't get a chance to feed. You feed in the evenings when you get in and you feed them, I don't know, 10 pounds in one feeding. Okay, here, here we go back to the, uh, the grazing animal versus slug feeding. You have basically slug fed that horse. You're, the pH is going to drop in the gut because they're going to get a whole bunch of feed in there all at once. Even if, even if it's a low starch feed, you're still going to get some fluctuation versus feeding twice a day. If you feed morning and evening, you've broken that up in 12-hour increments instead of 24. So it's always a good idea to you know, feed twice a day versus once. And if you can manage it, manage to feed three times, absolutely. The, I, I'm all for that. But unfortunately, a lot, a lot of us can't manage that or we just the logistics of feeding three times a day just don't work for us so, right so basically you know a good management practice two times a day but 
keep keep one of those uh, hay nets in your horse's stall that they have to pick and chew, you know, pick pick around to get the hay out of. Gives them something to do, and they can't just waste hay. But uh, a little bit of forage mat in that horse's stomach all the time is probably as good a management practice as far as feeding goes that I can think of. Uh, that I highly recommend that. Okay. So, um, but <clears throat> excuse me. Going going on from there, um, the you know past the hay and the feed. Obviously, you know clean water. Clean your if you wouldn't drink it, don't expect your horse to. You know make sure you. Uh, clean your troughs, I mean, your, your water troughs, your water buckets, you know, once a week, take a little, just a little dab of bleach water and rinse it out. It kills all that bacteria and algae and whatnot, especially in the summertime, and then rinse it out good. But uh, you'd be amazed how much difference that makes on uh, the drinkability of that water and, and how it even smells to a horse if it's nice, fresh, clean water. And uh, I'll promise you they, they will appreciate that more than you know. So, um, uh, with that being said, you know, uh, feeding management is at least half to two thirds uh, of your horse's uh, gut health. How you do it, the timing of it, the products you use, you know, the cleanliness of your hay, uh, that sort of thing. So, um, I know just from being in the feed business, uh, there's a lot of times issues come up with horses' guts. That uh, and the people have been feeding the same feed for a, for a long time. It, it I don't want to point fingers, but a lot of times it's feeding management and not necessarily the feed. So uh, just uh, be a good steward of, of that aspect of it, and uh, most generally your horse will be just fine. Well, and I feel so, like we see a lot of horses that come in that are on a lower quality feed, but then they come in with five and 10 and 15 supplements where if they were feeding a more balanced ration, they could probably cut your hoof growth supplement out your, you know, like a lot of the vitamin and mineral type of things that I feel like should be in the feed, um, that they're trying to top dress with. Another thing too, I feel like people don't realize is you can feed too many supplements and for every supplement you feed, you've got to have an adequate amount of stomach to be able to break that supplement down. So if you've got a horse that's already ulcered out and you're trying to feed 15 supplements, you're just continuing to light that problem on fire. Uh, yes, that's a very good point. I, I hadn't touched on supplements, but um, you know there are, there are lots of good supplements out there if used correctly in the way they were designed. They're, they're a good supplement, no, no problems, no issues whatsoever. But I can tell you, if you're stacking supplements on top of supplements, uh, you can have the, have the balance of nutrients so out of whack that you can cause more trouble than you'll ever fix. You know, trying to, to add another supplement or uh, fine-tune if you're really, really, really not watching uh, your your nutrient balance as much as the volume. So, uh, with that being said, I I just ran onto a situation uh, last week where uh, a person.
person was feeding a complete balanced feed as far as vitamin, mineral, trace minerals, protein, and energy goes, they were wanting performance, so they were adding a supplement on top of it. Well, uh, the horses, their, their stool got a little bit loose, very concerned about it, you know, no indications other than we were trying to figure out what was happening. And uh, when I really got to looking at it, we were way over-supplementing those horses uh, with the uh, macro and micro minerals and and vitamins. So um, with that being said, all we did was was pull the supplement back. Stools firmed up. Everything's great. And, uh, you know, everything got back to normal. So uh, all I'm saying is in our quest for a little more performance or getting the edge, let's just be very cognizant of the balance of nutrients and what we're feeding. Uh, to your point, Summer, talking about uh, you'd rather feed, feed a feed that's balanced, that is, that is exactly my stance on it. Uh, I don't like to be a pharmacist. I don't like to add a bunch of supplements to, to anything that I'm feeding. So I feed a, a balanced feed that I know for a fact meets every requirement and then has a little, a little bit of a buffer there also just in case, you know, if your horse, if you work them really hard or they go through some trauma or, uh, or stressed a little extra, you know, you've got, you've got a, a, a buffer zone of nutrients that, 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 is, that has that covered. So, uh, I'm, I kind of like the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> right. I can look in the mirror. <laughs> I'm well, not talking about anybody, but it's, <laughs> it's just simplicity uh, is, is way easier than trying to overthink what we're doing. Well, and, and I, think, I know there are, go ahead, excuse oh, me. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times, too, it's a, it's a lack, of, lack of understanding or a lack of education. You know, like when you read the labels on these supplements, it's like, oh, yeah, we need a little bit of that. We need a little bit of that. We need a little. Like one of the struggles that I ran into having my PSSM horse, which when I was running him, this was back, you know, 2005. So now there's a lot of supplements on the market that would have been very beneficial. But at the time, one of our biggest struggles was to find vitamin E that didn't contain selenium because the amount Mm -hmm. of vitamin E that you have to feed a PSSM horse knocks your selenium out of balance, which is really dangerous. And at the time there were, there were only two companies that manufactured a straight vitamin E. Of course, now there's a lot of options, but Mm -hmm. there, there weren't so many. And, you know, had we not been told that we could have gotten a serious situation with him just by trying to take better care of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, good point. Uh, and, but <clears throat> as long as a supplement is enhancing what you're doing, I, I have no issues with supplements. Uh, but sometimes it's, it, it's the shotgun approach. When you're trying to hit a very small target, uh, you know, you, you just go to throwing stuff at it, uh, and hoping something works. So, um, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of feeding a lot of supplements, although there there are supplements that that fit a specific need that that I think are are good, and uh, you know it, the the 
supplement companies, uh, they have the best intentions in mind. Most of them make a really good product. Um, I will put a, a short plug in for one that, that I'm a big fan of, uh, simply because it works great with my feeds, is, is Finish First. The, right. the Braz, Braswell, I believe, is what they call it. Yes. So, but, uh, you know, the Finish First products, uh, they're more for performance, muscle, building muscle, immune system, that sort of thing. And I won't get into too much on that. Y'all, anybody that's listening can, can look it up. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a really good product, viable product. Um, and it doesn't interfere with anything that, that I do with, with our feeds. Uh, as far as the, the nutrient balance, it, it actually enhances it. So, um, that's all say, I'll say about that. But, you know, years ago when, uh, when oats was the, was the gold standard for, that's what you feed horses are oats, uh, then obviously you need a, a vitamin mineral and a, probably a, a little bit of a, a protein supplement to go with that to balance it out. So, you know, the, there again, if uh, if you just want to feed oats, then yeah, you better, better find a good supplement because uh, you're going to need it for a performance horse, um, uh, especially if you're feeding like grains or, or a byproduct. And I'm going to get off into the, the colts or, or the foals very shortly. Okay. Uh, if you short them, uh, you're going to never have a horse that, that is developed correctly because if you, you miss that window to develop that framing structure correctly, you don't ever get it back. And quite honestly, that starts when that foal's mama was bred to produce that foal. She needs to be balanced in, in all of her trace minerals, your calfos, your vitamins, everything. She needs to be in, in tip-top shape at that point, all the way through uh, her pregnancy, uh, so she passes it on to that foal. Um, and I think so, that'll be a good spot to start our next section with, is starting with feeding the performance horse from the womb womb till the arena. So um, I'm going to stop this section here, and we'll be back with part two in just a second. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. All right, everybody, welcome back, and this is part two of our Cool Speed discussion with Aaron Custer, and I'm going to turn it back over to him, and he's going to kind of take us through the process of, you know, basically feeding our performance horses from the ground up. Hi, everybody, again. Um, nutrition, starting with uh, the, the mare, is vitally important, especially if you're raising uh, performance horse babies. Um, you know, we expect a lot out of them, so you you need to have a, as good a base and foundation from day one as you can possibly get, and uh, that, that starts with mare nutrition. Uh, you can you can feed a mare a really good uh, mare and foal feed from day one. Um, what I really really like, or the program I most favor, is a good vitamin mineral trace mineral and even a protein supplement uh, out for that mare free choice uh, pre breeding 
forages are going to change from very lush green vegetative through maturity to getting kind of tough they lose that uh, nutrient concentration and uh, so that mare is going to need some supplementation during that time uh, and there again I, I'll go back to the phrase I used earlier uh, if you have a free choice supplement that is a, a protein vitamin mineral trace mineral supplement out for that mare at all times she will eat to a requirement uh, and that that's the that is the the basis for for good nutrition is have it out there where they have access to it when they need it because you you can't fool mother nature if uh, if her body is telling her look you know I've been eating this grass and and all of a sudden the the protein has dropped in it and uh, I've got this baby in me and I need I need some more protein I need some more energy uh, this you know this fold is is getting bigger in the last trimester she needs to be able to go get the new the nutrients uh, and the only way to effectively do that is with a free choice supplement now you can feed her so many pounds of a feed a day but unless you just want to go out there every day and feed them that's a hassle so and she doesn't need a lot of a lot of attention other than to make sure she she does have what she needs so there again, that's why I like free choice supplements for, for mares on pasture. And uh, I will put a plug in for, for, for a product called ProMare, which uh, is one of, of uh, our products at Man's Lag Center. It, it, it's exactly what I just described. And uh, if a mare needs a little extra supplementation, she'll go hit it. If she doesn't, she won't touch it. And uh, very effective, very inexpensive. Uh, but uh, it just guarantees you that that, that foal has everything it needs for development uh, pre-birth. Now, is so, that supplement something that people could buy if you have, you know, your old 20-something-year-old horses out there or kind of some that, you know, are maybe past their performance or something you don't ride all the time? Like, can, can any horse sustain on that product or... Oh yeah, it, it's a good supplement for any horse, but uh, the reason I, I designed it for mares uh, in particular is it, it will meet the, the requirements of a lactating mare, and so everything else is covered. That, that, that is the horse with the highest requirement for protein, energy, vitamins, minerals, trace minerals. So uh, if you meet her requirement, Everything else is covered. In fact, I have a lot of people that feed it to their, their weanlings, their yearlings, two-year-olds, you know, their pasture horses on up to even their retired horses. It's just a good all-around supplement, but I recommend it highly for the mares because uh, when, when I formulated it, uh, I put enough in it that it would meet the requirement of a lactating mare. So uh, with that being said, that's, that's why I call it ProMare. Okay. But but it's a great supplement for any horse horse on pasture. So, but uh, but going on from there, uh, you know, once that baby is born, uh, there again, I, I still like a a free choice supplement with uh, with mares on pasture or on a round bale. As long as I have free choice forage of some kind, uh, they will balance the forage 
with that supplement. There again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. You can't fool Mother Nature. Uh, when she has a requirement that's not being met, she's going to go find it or try to meet it with whatever is available. So that's why I love a free choice uh, because, to give you a short example, if you're feeding a, a really good Marin full feed uh, and she, you've been feeding three, four pounds a day, she all of a sudden, uh, she has her baby, her requirements just doubled when she has that baby and starts giving milk. So unless you keep up with those requirements, and, and this is pretty much common sense, you've got to increase her feed. Um, but still, if you increase the feed, say from three to six pounds or whatever it may be, uh, and forage quality drops, you may need to go to eight or ten pounds to make up for, number one, a higher requirement when she has that baby, and number two, your forage quality dropping. So... Um, there again, I'll go back to my free choice supplement. If it's out there, that mare can get what she wants every day, all day long. Period. Because to it, get in on this, take- oh, go ahead. To get in on the science part of it too, you know, obviously from a rehab standpoint, which is what what we do, you know, like we're we're talking developmental issues because if there are, if a colt's not getting the the requirement that they need you don't have anything nutrition based to build those tendons and ligaments to build that cartilage um you know i've seen studies where they talk about horses that are bone on bone on hawks at such a young age which there can be a lot of variables to that but one of the variables can actually be lack of nutrition in the womb, lack of nutrition under six months old. Um, so, you know, when we're, when we're breeding for these performance horses, you know, yeah, we want them to look great for one thing, but we also want a functioning horse, you know, where we're all, we're all searching for the perfectly sound horse. I, I don't know that it necessarily completely exists, but we've got to give them the best chance that we can at a performance career. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. So, uh, and if you, uh, I get the comments sometimes, oh, I just can't afford to feed that. It, you know, that's really expensive. Well, what does it cost to, to have surgery on a horse? Or, you know, or what does it cost to have a colt that's, uh, that has epithesitis problems? And, and, you know, so it's, it's really cheap comparatively speaking and you know when i say that uh, i mean you're talking 40 cents to to a dollar a head a day on a mare uh less than that on a baby because they're just not going to eat that much but um to, to expound just a little bit you know after after uh, that baby's on the ground mama's given milk her consumption is going to go up of, of anything you need, if you're feeding feed, feed her more, or if she has a free choice supplement, she's going to eat more. But the beautiful thing about that is if it's out there, that baby uh, is going to start eating it. It's a great supplement for the baby, too, for uh, for instead of like a creep feed, uh, which is nothing wrong with creep feed if that's what somebody wants to do. But there again, it just adds another layer of, of, of labor and, and management you don't need if if you're feeding uh, the correct free choice type supplement so anyway uh i 
great results uh, with the ProMare, with mares, babies, uh, on, on, even on up to two-year-olds. Just when I say that, great results, I'm talking about uh, structure development. No issues with uh, with the knees and the ankles and, and uh, well, just de- development issues in general. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the mares breed back good. They clean out. They breed back. Just no issues. It just it just takes all the takes all the hassle out of um, out of a breeding program. So, um, but once you once you get a baby up to um, weaning age, uh, I personally think it's a good idea to, to feed them, to switch them over, and feed them a little bit. Uh, number one, it just makes them gentle, and uh, number two, you know what they're getting. Uh, every day you can kind of monitor that uh, when you get them weaned good and kick them out on the pasture then uh, then that's when I, I would recommend the, the free choice supplement again if you want to feed them every day sure feed them a pound or two of, of a good uh, foal feed but um, there again uh, I just uh, I know I sound like a broken record but but a good high quality free choice supplement like the Promare would be uh, a really good choice just to ensure that that baby never is lacking for anything, you know, through its uh, two-year-old year. So, uh, so how long do you recommend feeding a full feed? Um, since you know, probably probably the bulk of our listeners are going to be barrel racers, and we're all, mm-hmm. you know, gunning gunning to run one as a juvenile three-year-old. Um, well, you mm-hmm. know, we have a lot of people obviously send their horses to the track. Um, so what's the next step from there when you're at the point of saddle breaking and working towards competition? Yeah. You know, physiological maturity is kind of the point when you, when you don't really need to, to feed a foal feed anymore. Um, as, as, as growth slows down, requirement will, will drop incrementally uh, until they're physiologically mature then requirement becomes a function of how hard they're working, uh, pretty much. Uh, so, um, and with our young performance horses, I feel like ulcers are a big, are a big issue. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk of ulcers. There's a lot of talk of bleeders. There's, you know, there's a lot that, that's just something I feel like with performance horses is a bit of a struggle point of we've not found that magical cure for any of it, but, I feel like there's also some things nutrient-wise we can do to help those problems as well. Yes. Um, man, you just hit on a hot topic, the ulcers. Um, that's, I'll just very briefly uh, warm everybody up to, to why Cool Speed even came into to existence. It was because of um, acidity and ulcer issues in the performance horses, and and I'll have to admit, I didn't think they were a great big issue till customers started telling me, you know, we fight them all the time. And this is what we have to do to, uh, to try to get around them. Uh, there's just no, no good fix uh, for the ulcer issues. And so with my experience in the feed business and, and you know, balancing pH and, and other livestock I, I thought okay i can do this so anyway make a long story short that's what we did with uh, with cool speed uh uh summer just <clears throat> excuse me made a good point uh curing ulcers 
I, I think is is the wrong terminology because it's not a disease. Uh, it's a uh, it's more of a function of stress and feeding management and the and the type of feeding program that you're on. So with that being said, uh, stress creates uh, an acidic situation in, in the gut. Uh, when you drop that pH and you don't have a, a fiber mat in the gut, you get uh, get the, that acid splashing up on the margins of the the, the lining. Uh, and I, I'm not a vet, so I can't I can't tell you what that the the margins are or the the, the term for it. But that's where you, all your ulcers will form is uh, along the margin of that that gut. So. A lot of that has to do with number one, the type of feed you're feeding, and number two, the the feeding management of your your forage. So, to start with, I'm going to go back to the hay for very briefly. That horse's gut was made for them to have some fiber or forage in them all the time, small meals all day long. That's why they're a grazing animal. Um, one to step back a, to step back a little bit too for for those that don't know the difference in you and I as humans versus horses the the way things work with people is you eat and as that food passes into your stomach it sparks your stomach to produce stomach acid which breaks your food down so mm-hmm. you people are designed unless you have acid reflux to not have a an overabundance of stomach acid where areas a horse being a grazing animal they're producing stomach acid all the time which is why it's not healthy for a horse to sit with a bare stomach because now you just have acid working against tissue because there's nothing in there to digest so there's your basic difference in the way a human body works even though i am a teetotal grazer i have a cracker or something all the time throughout the day so that that actually tells me right there i really have more stomach acid than i actually should have but um but, but so there's your difference in the functionality of the human system versus the horse system yes horses produce acid all the time uh to take care of that 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 grazing uh well they're supposed to be grazing all the all day long that's why i i'm a huge huge fan of of a free choice hay or something for them to nibble on you know all day long instead of being devoid you know four or five hours a day but uh you know getting getting back to the the acidity uh, because of what we put these horses through, the stress we put them through, uh, the feed stuff that, w- that we have been accustomed to using, uh, it it all adds up to a to a low pH in that gut. Then you have ulcers. If any of y'all ever had heartburn, uh, in, you know you may not have a full bone ulcer, but it's it very very uncomfortable. I mean, and you're not on your game mad at the world uh i get heartburn quite often and i i can so i can understand what a horse is going through but if if they're hurting and we're saying we're going to train you we're, we're asking you to do this uh you know they're not on their game period 
have big performance. They're not going to be attentive, uh, all of the above, and then some. So uh, with that being said, what we have done, uh, well, let me, let me say this again. I was going back to what we was talking about. I don't think there is a cure for ulcers. You can control them by controlling the pH and, and balancing that, that intake of forages uh, with concentrates, uh, you know, a, a low starch. But in my opinion, a horse needs a little bit of starch for optimum performance, uh, just like any athlete, us included. So to be completely devoid of starch, uh, unless it's just a rare, rare occasion where a horse is uh, oh, very susceptible to starch, and when I, by that I mean has an allergic uh, reaction to, to some type of starches, uh, have run across a few of those. But a lot of times, I think something that gets blamed on a, a an allergy is actually a an imbalance in the gut. And once you fix that, the symptoms disappear. So that's where we go with Cool Speed. That's that is the basis of what we're trying to do is make that gut absolutely 100%, just like Mother Nature made it to digest concentrates, well, all nutrients, period, protein, fat, fiber, vitamins, minerals, trace minerals. So with that being said, um, we don't cure ulcers. We control them, fix them where they, they become a non-issue uh, with, uh, with your performance horse. And uh, once you get rid of that, then uh, instead of a chargy horse, you've got them at your fingertips. Uh, instead of them being mad at the world, you know, being uncomfortable when you cinch them up, they, they're licking their lips, they're relaxed, attentive to, to, to your your wishes. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just a difference in night and day. Uh, you know, there's there are a lot of products on the market that uh, that do control some acid. Uh, I'm not going to mention brand names. That's just not my style or knock anybody's product. I'm just, uh, I'm just going to tell you what we can do. And, uh, but we do it 100% all natural. Uh, there's no funny business, no drugs, uh, in any of our products, but, uh, we absolutely balance the pH. Uh, we don't manipulate it, uh, through anything other than uh, natural processes and uh, have been extremely successful. Uh, we've scoped many, many horses, uh, fed them for a time period, re-scoped them, and uh, as of today, we have yet to fail making the ulcers just disappear. And they'll stay gone as long as you, you know, maintain them on a on a daily regimen uh, of one of our uh, Cool Speed products. Well, and to add, but, uh, to add to that, like, I feel like what we see in in the rehab type of setting is, you know, or like I'll have people, they're like, oh, yeah, my horse has been on a Omeprazole for like 30 days. He's fine now. Well, my thing mm -hmm. is, okay, what were the root cause? So, yes, we, mm -hmm. we all know Omeprazole is really, really effective against ulcers, but you can't just you know, give them Omeprazole and they're gone for right now. Like you've got to figure out 
was the was the was it developed from a pain issue like we we see a lot of horses in the barn that their stomachs are super super sensitive but it's because they're battling an injury or they're battling something that's out of the normal like i'm all about finding the root cause of what's going on versus just trying to cover it up and hope that it never resurfaces again you can only bury your head so many times in the sand before you've got to kind of move forward and if you don't really know the root cause then you don't know what to prevent for the future as well exactly exactly and uh you know that's a great point and you probably see it more than anybody summer uh in in your business horses come in after a traumatic injury and uh you know it they they're going to have some acidity issues uh, if not full-blown ulcers right. so uh you know getting that gut back working efficiently and uh having a good nutrient balance is is essential because that's where the immune system uh, that's where it starts that's where just main tail hair coat uh, that's where everything starts is with that digestive tract so if it's not working in in absolute optimum efficiency then uh how can you expect a horse to recover uh, very quickly uh it just it having a a a perfectly balanced digestive tract will enhance what you do with with your therapies and uh, and your treatments uh, and well, I can get off in that and, and pretty quick and get over my head, so I'm going to shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to you, Summer. All right. But, uh, but I, the nutrition end of it, I know they, it fits hand in glove with uh, with recuperation and, and healing and uh, rehab uh, in, in your situation. And, uh, you know, honestly, we're getting, getting a lot of attention uh, from uh, places like yours, uh, you know, across the country that, uh, that are needing something that will supercharge that immune system and really get those horses back on track. So, um, yeah, cause they've anyway, got to, they've got to be able to utilize it to be able to start to heal. I mean, like I said, it's all, it's all a process. There's no magic in what we do. It's a lot of little components that make up a fully functioning program. And, you know, like, we feel like what we do definitely meets all of those requirements. Um, well, in the next part, we're fixing to start part three. And so in the next part, I'm going to have you kind of run through the different formulas of your feed and kind of which, what each one's targeted for. So stay, stay with us. We'll be back in a second. Hey everybody. Welcome back to part three. And I'm still here with Aaron Custer from Cool Speed Feeds, and he's going to tell us a little bit about each of his formulas and what each one was designed for. Uh, hello, everybody, again. Uh, uh, I'll go through uh, the Cool Speed, Cool Speed Plus uh, collection, and the Cool Full in, in that order. Um, cool, the regular Cool Speed, the original formula, is a 6% fat. Uh, it is a as close to a forage-based feed as I can get the, and still keep optimum performance in it. And by, when I say optimum performance, uh, basically give a horse every opportunity 
to perform up to their genetic ability. Uh, give them all the, the nutrients, the protein, the fat, the fiber in balance. Uh, and that balance is just as important as, as, as volume, if not more so. In fact, I think it is more important than, than volume. So, <clears throat> pardon me. With that being said, uh, the cool speed regular uh, initial formula is a 6% fat. Cool speed plus is the exact same formula with added fat up to 8%. Um, developed it, I basically put it together for people that are really riding their horses hard. Um, uh, a gentleman that, uh, that started using it in the early days, uh, right after I came out with it, trained a lot of roping horses. And uh, after he had fed it a month or so, he said, I need, I need more calories. He said, I'm, I'm burning off a little body condition uh, on these horses. So uh, we put, put the Cool Speed Plus together. Uh, just a higher fat content, pure calories, and uh, that fixed the issue, and uh, uh, we went right on down the road. Um, the collection performance version of it actually came about uh, when I was working with uh, some dressage stables. Uh, you know, they're the big warm bloods, the Hanoverians, and big kind of raw-boned horses. Uh, they were, again, having trouble keeping uh, some or getting the body condition they were happy with and also they they said we need a shiny horse period we need a, a full horse you know they these are show horses they need to look the part so what i did with the collection i basically took cool speed plus we added uh, omega threes to it and uh, an added beat pulp to it uh on the tag, they're nearly identical, uh, just looking at the tag as far as, you know, the nutrient specs and whatnot. When I say they are nearly, it's the Cool Speed Plus in the collection. You can't already tell the difference looking at nutrient specs. Uh, but that is the difference, is the omega-3s and, and the beet pulp. Um, I can just tell you I didn't think it would make that much difference, uh, but I've had many, many people come to me and say, look, uh, this is what I'm seeing. I've had Cool Speed Plus for, for a number of months. We went to collection. This is what I'm seeing with the horses. A uh, little better body condition, a uh, little better performance. So uh, I'm a big fan of, of omega-3s and, uh, and beet pulp to a point. Uh, obviously, you can get too much of the beet pulp if you're not careful, but, but it, has, it has some really valuable attributes to, when added to a feed. So, uh, with that being said, um, kind of whatever fits uh, a person's activity level with their horse, their feeding program, the type of hay, uh, you have three choices uh, in the cool speed line uh, as far as the, the uh, performance feeds go. Uh, going on to the, the cool foal, I, I call it cool foal, but it it's actually uh, meets the requirements of a lactating mare also. Uh, I know I've uh, talked a lot about free choice supplements for mares and babies. I'm a huge fan of that, obviously, but uh, for those of you that want to feed every day, the cool foal is a, is a great feed for that. Um, we just don't have any epithesitis problems. Uh, you know, when, when babies are fed the cool foal, they develop 
they're beautiful. Uh, and one of the reasons uh, I first came out with with a full feed that in the Cool Speed line is because of the pH balancing characteristics of Cool Speed. I incorporated into the Cool Fall, and a, a vet friend of mine made a comment to me one time. He said, "Think about it." He said. When is the first stressor in a colt's life? When you wean it. He said, my professional opinion is that is when you first get a low pH in that gut. He said, you may not get a, a full-blown ulcer in that baby, but he said, you've got a low pH. And he said, I think that sets the stage for some problems, you know, when you start breaking them to ride, that sort of thing. So... Uh, well, and I always okay. feel like, too, of course, I was that person that had the creep feeder. I was that person that fed twice a day because I wanted to go out and look at everything because I'm a control freak micromanager. <laughs> uh, but, but that being said, too, like one of the things I noticed, like with my colts is feeding them every day. They learn to come up to you. They also learn to eat with mama. So they didn't have that stressor when they, when you weaned them because I wasn't changing any component. They were already used to having that feed. They were used to being in a creep feeder. They were mm -hmm. used to being fed twice a day. So I was kind of one step, or I felt like I was one step ahead as far as the weaning process. I wasn't throwing one more curve in the stress of weaning because right. I didn't change any of their dynamic mm -hmm. when I pulled them up in a stall because even in the pasture, they were still getting fed twice a day. Of course, that being right. said, that's also why I didn't have 80 broodmares. I had like four. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a good point. And, and honestly, feeding every day is a, a, a really good management tool. Uh, it does take the stress off of weaning because then basically the foal already knows what feed is. They don't miss mama when their belly's full. It's just it's more of a companionship deal than it is a, a nutrient requirement or a requirement you know, to, to have that mama's milk. So that's, that's a great management practice. If it works, works for your program, that's what you prefer. That's why I have cool foal along with the free choice supplement, you know, whatever best fits a, a person's, uh, idea of how they want to manage their horses. Uh, we, we can cover that. So, um, uh, but, uh, I, I don't have, pardon me. I don't have very many people that feed the cool foal like in, in a creep feeding situation, um, I prefer to hand feed it. Uh, that way you know exactly what they're getting every day. Uh, so with that being said, whatever fits your situation and your management style and your, your preference, uh, that, that's what I would do. But uh, the, the, the point I was making with the cool foal is uh, – it's a stress. Yes, you, your management of that uh, feeding program can eliminate a lot of that stress, but it's still a stress. So right. why not why not keep that pH balanced in that 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 uh, foal's belly uh, from day one uh, instead of waiting till you have a problem and then trying to fix it. So that's uh, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So I'm I'm a huge proponent of prevention. Uh, rather than treatment, if uh, if you can uh, foresee a problem and, and prevent it with good management uh, or uh, feeding management, so uh, with.
with that being said, that, that's, that's pretty much the gamut of the, the cool speed feeds, you know, the, the particular situation you can uh, feed them in. Um, what I will say is, going back to forage quality, uh, we feed a lot of horses in uh, in Arizona and out out through the the western United States. <clears throat> Excuse me, where there's you know the the forage of choice is really really high quality alfalfa, and uh, alfalfa is is high in calcium. So what we're seeing in those states is uh, uh, instead of feeding one percent of their body weight daily, especially for that first thirty days, just to guarantee that you you have got the pH correct and that gut in optimum shape, you know they're feeding uh, anywhere from three to seven pounds, depending on how hard they're working, the quality of their forage out there, whatnot. But uh, whereas us with grass hay. Uh, you know, we have to feed a little bit more just because we don't have the the calories in our forages that that they do out out west. Uh, I'm a little envious of them, quite frankly, that they have that good a good a forage out there, and and uh, we have to import it from them, right. but uh, and pay a pay a premium for it. But still, uh, the if if you do have a horse that you suspect or or you have documented ulcer issues. Um, feed cool speed 30 days uh, and at 1% of their body weight that's roughly 10 to 11 pounds on it about any horse that's a lot of feed in it for most people's book but if you'll feed that that amount for 30 days uh, I promise you your, your, your acidity issues are over the, the ulcers are not an issue anymore uh, you'll notice a, a difference in their attitude, their body condition, their hair coat. You know, after that 30-day, uh, you can call it you know, loading dose or initial period, whatever you want to call it. But after that 30 days, you feed to a body condition score. Uh, if uh, if you're feeding the regular cool speed uh, at half a percent of the body weight, you know, five to six pounds, and they're keeping a good body condition, you're happy with it feed it you're great you can maintain them on that uh but uh you know past the first initial 30 days it's uh it's how fat you want your horse how hard you're working them and forage quality that uh that determine the amount of feed to be fed so uh, well, and uh one, with that, one point i want to brag on too i mean like we see we see so much in you know the rehab like i said mo- most of well, I, I started feeding Cool Speed um, almost at the beginning, and at the time I was raising the horses that now I'm running on. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously I don't breed anything anymore. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I noticed with it is the older horses did great on it because, you know, one thing we can't really talk about on a podcast that we could if you were in person is like the palability of it. Like, I had a horse that lived to be 30 before I ended up losing him. And the last two and a half years of his life, he no longer ate hay. He was strictly on the cool speed because he didn't have any teeth. And so he would go and graze off of the round bell. But like I would see hay balls everywhere. So I knew he wasn't actually getting what he needed out of the forage. And, you know, we were able to sustain him and sustain his energy level 
just through using the cool speed. And the other thing I like about it is when water touches it, it just pretty much goes to a liquid. So, I mean, that proves to me right there the digestibility of it just on how it reacts to, you know, being able to add a little bit of water to it if you do need to kind of make a mush out of it or to mix additives in. And so, you know, we see a lot of that. And like I said, we see a lot of ulcer horses. Kind of my rule of thumb that I tell everybody is if I can't get weight on your horse and I can't build top line on your horse by using cool speed, then we need to start searching for a different issue. You know, whether it be EPM, whether it be some other sort of problem or a pain issue. You know, if I can't get weight on it with what we feed, which is the collection, then I've got to start hunting for an underlying issue. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, I have had an instance or two where, you know, people said, oh, I, I can't get weight on my horse and it doesn't matter, you know, what I feed or how much I feed, then obviously that horse has issues other than nutrition that uh, have to be addressed, you know, before they're ever going to do any good. So um, I'd like to do give one little shout out if you, if you have just a little time in summer. But uh, uh, this to uh, Donna K. Rule. Uh, <laughs> if you weren't going to give her a shout out, I was going to. So oh, yay, oh, okay. yay for Donna K. and Valor. So <laughs> round of applause Absolutely. for both of them. Yeah, <laughs> but but tell uh, us what man. she feeds because I know she doesn't well, do the collection. She does the plus, correct? Uh, no, actually she feeds the regular the tool original. speed. Okay. Yes, and uh, that's because of Valor. You know, he... Uh, he prefers uh, the original 6% fat cool speed uh, over the plus. Uh, I mean, to the point where uh, he, he just didn't like the plus for some reason. But, but he'll eat the, the regular cool speed just fine. Uh, and before I start into that right quick, let, I want to make one, one more point. Uh, because of the texture and the ingredients that I put in all of this cool speed products, one of the, the small things that I, I was considering when I first put the formula together is I wanted to try to slow a horse down with their eating. Uh, we've all seen that, that glutton, the different runner getting mouthfuls of feed. Um, that is extremely unhealthy. Uh, I mean, they're trying to chew that up and swallow it, and, I mean, you have just all kinds of issues. I mean, choking, uh, it just it's just not a good good idea and that's a learned behavior horses don't eat like that normally so what one of the things i was trying to do with the cool speed is slow them down uh i don't care if it takes an hour for a horse to eat feed in fact i would much much prefer it because the more saliva that we can have that horse produce while they're eating chewing swallowing the more buffering action we get get to the gut Saliva is Mother Nature's natural buffer. It's very basic. So um, with a slower, slowed-down eating process, uh, that's just a, that's a great, great thing when you're trying to feed a horse and, and keep a healthy gut is slow that down, make them chew it, make them produce saliva. So with that being said, uh, after uh, Donna Kay's run, uh, to the NFR and qualifying and whatnot and just conversations with her. She was telling me, you know, how, how Valor had done, you know, uh, how much she was feeding. 
you know his his little idiosyncrasies but a lot of times uh, he would not eat his feed all in one setting you know it may take him two or three trips go get a drink of water go eat a little hay and come back eat some more feed but uh, during all that time I mean he was driving a lot he was under a lot of stress so I mean she was feeding from 10 to 12 pounds a, a day to valor through all all of that run and uh, uh, I asked her I said okay you know you know that I don't recommend supplements did, did you need to add anything and she said absolutely not she says I feed cool speed uh, hay water uh, she did use a, some, a little bit of some essential oils and I, I can't expand on that uh, she told me what they were but I don't remember but um, her feeding program was extremely simple cool speed hay water and uh, like I say a little bit of the essential oils but uh, never had an ulcer issue, never had any any kind of digestive upsets. I mean, he was just... Uh, and that's amazing, as, as, hard as, they, <laughs> as hard as they haul to make the NFR. I mean, that right there yes. is, is a yes. pretty proven testimony to me. Right. And, uh, you know, she'd send me pictures, and, man, Valor looked like, uh, like, looked like a million bucks. Uh, he just he never lost his hair coat, never lost his top line you know stayed in great shape and uh you know the the rest kind of pretty much speaks for itself well with, i mean that's what, what we see so. with the collection the horses look great when they go home um because that's our that's our in-house feed of choice here um you know like i do have some people that bring in their feeding program i have a lot of people that they come in and they say we want to just feed what you you suggest because we can't get the top line on our horse or our horse already doesn't look like we want the horse to look and you know that's one thing i i suggest to people i'm like if what you're feeding is working you know if it's not broke don't fix it but if you don't have the hair coat you want you don't have the top line you want um then we need to discuss what what we can do to fix that and a lot of times it's implementing our feed program because like i said with what we do it's a process it's a whole program it's not just a feed it's not just exercise it's it's the whole program is what makes what we do extremely extremely effective yes absolutely uh it well uh, you can't make a cake with with eggs and flour you got to have the rest of it too and that's pretty much the, in, it in a nutshell yeah. and uh, so um, uh, what, have, what have I not covered Summer? Well um, I think we've got everything so what where can people find you if they if they have questions on your feed because I have people that ask me and and I can tell you all the functionality of the feed and I'm not a nutritionalist I don't claim to be a nutritionalist so I end up giving your number out a lot to, to people that are that have questions. So um, websites, Facebook, where where can they find you? Uh, sure, Summer. Uh, you can go to uh, coolspeed.com. Uh, that's that, that's, that's cool a with a K. That's K-O-L-L. Yeah, cool with a K. Yes. Yep. Uh, that is just a one-page website. It will take you directly to the Mansville Ag Center. Uh, website, which is where all our information is. Uh, just click on uh, equine feeds or products and uh, follow the prompts, and uh, they can take you to, to all of our products. 
pictures of them, kind of tell you, what, show you what they look like. Uh, you can find uh, our dealer networks there, and uh, our contact information here at Mansville Ag Center. If, if you want to call, uh, I think my cell number is even on there. So I'm kind of like everybody else. If, if I'm away from the house, I've got it in my pocket. So uh, I, I can talk horse speed anytime. So uh, don't hesitate to call. But uh, that's the best way to, to get a hold of us, or you can call it you know, during uh, daylight hours, uh, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, here at the office, and I'll uh, be glad to visit with you. Um, we have a, a pretty good dealer network in North Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, we do have a dealer in uh, Wichita, Kansas, uh, CW Feeds, that uh, he covers all he can, but I don't have a, a lot of dealers up there, just, just that one. Uh, we also have a distributor out of uh, uh, Gilbert, Arizona, uh, just in, in the Phoenix area, and they cover all of Arizona and even shipping feet up into uh, Idaho, Wyoming, uh, a little bit into Oregon. So, uh, and hopefully uh, uh, we will have some distribution into the southeast, uh, Georgia, Alabama, uh, the northern half of Florida, South Carolina, uh, in the near future, but uh, working on that now. Um, but if anybody is, you know, kind of lives in, a, in an outlying area, interested in trying the feed, uh, I'll do everything in my power to get some in your hands, and then we'll work on uh, dealers uh, or a distribution network, you know, where we can uh, make it easy for you to get it. But uh, that's my biggest challenge right now is getting it getting it into people's hands that, that want to try it outside of the Oklahoma and Texas area. So um, anyway, if, yes. if anybody wants question or has questions, wants information or, or suggestions on uh, a dealer somewhere, I'm, I'm always open to that. So Perfect. And also to throw out on Facebook, it's under Cool Speed Equine Performance Feed, I believe is your Facebook. Uh, uh, well, it, actually, it? the Facebook page is Mansville Ag Center uh, page. We have a group called uh, Cool Speed Equine Performance Feeds. Uh, send, a, send us a uh, message on that. Uh, we'll accept you into the group. We put a lot of information out on it, uh, and it, I believe it's a public group. I'm, I have to admit I'm not a Facebooker, <laughs> but... <laughs> right. Well, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll drop when we, when we put this episode out, I'll definitely make sure that all the tags are there. That way people can find you on social media as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, uh, I, they can. Yeah. Go ahead. Excuse me. Well, I'm just going to say they, they can always message me on messenger from the Mansville Ag Center, uh, cool speed, or excuse me, a uh, Facebook page. Okay. So, and I'll get back with you. Uh, so. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you being on and thanks for all the great information and, um, like I said, we'll have anybody that's got any questions can get a hold of you. And I, I really, really appreciate a good quality feed and I appreciate all the information that you give. Like, I feel like you do a really, really good job of discussing just basic nutrition needs of the horse too. Um, and I always really, really appreciate that. So anyway, that, well, that concludes this episode and, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and if you've got any questions, you can find us on Facebook. It's Superior Therapy LLC, also SuperiorTherapyLLC.com, 
or you can find me on my personal Facebook under Summer Nicole Terry. So thank you all for tuning in to another episode and may the horse be with you.